Stephen Byrne on 2FM. All right, it's time to catch up on everything that happened on the show at the weekend. We spoke to some absolute A-listers. On Saturday, joining us was Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz. Take a listen to this. Rob, Zoe, thank you so much for having a chat with us. Very much appreciated. Congratulations on this. I absolutely loved it. So job well done. Um, I mean, taking on big franchises is something that can be quite nerve wracking. You're both pros at it at this stage. Um, Is there any nerves when you step into roles like these that people have already pre-existing ideas of? It's, I I wish we could be like, (laughs) yeah, you don't get used to it. (laughs) No, it's one of the scariest things I think I've ever, I've ever done. Yeah, but it's it's exciting then. It's exciting, you know. Normally, you're you're doing a doing a part when you're just just well, desperately no trying to get people to see it. Yeah, <laughs> when, and now, no one cares. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trust me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, with this, it's kind of it does feel like you're walking into the ring a little bit for that. But it, the the challenge is kind of one of the appeals. Mm-hmm. Well, challenge challenge succeeded. So congratulations on that. Um, when it comes to it as well, there's so many nostalgic elements to this as well. I felt like I was watching a movie from like a thriller from the mid 90s. Seven has obviously been an, one that's really linked in with it, but it just felt like home in so many ways, obviously with these characters, but also that feeling as well. It felt like a film that I hadn't seen in so long. For you guys, was that something that really tied you to the script when you saw it for the first time and got you excited that it didn't feel like something we'd done with a superhero movie? It felt very intimate from the mm, uh, which mm. immediately, as soon as you kind of, Normally, whenever you read any kind of superhero movie, it's always the, the the plot is always so grand that you kind of it's almost unrelatable, and you kind of and all the characters are basically to service the plot in a lot of ways. And with this, it felt it, it felt it's it's a even though there are kind of big scary things happening, it felt like it's a guy following a very specific journey and it's and there's so many so much of it's just about the relationships he has in the movie yeah it's some really interesting like like all the throwback references all these you know clute and chinatown all these kind of noir films from the 70s and then seven has like this 90s thing to it and also the set design on this film feels very future but also very throwback you kind of can't tell what year you're in and i think you know matt really created a a world um and it feels kind of you know, ancient and future at the same time. It's really interesting what he was able to pull off. And he created a brand new Colin Farrell. Obviously, we were eyes on the trailer when this came out and everyone was like, huh? <laughs> That's not our Colin. That is not our Colin. <laughs> what, do you remember the first time that you saw him in the makeup and, and what that was like? Because obviously when we see it on screen, it looks incredible. But in person, we were like, nah. And that's not him. Yeah, you can look at it an inch away from his face. And you can't see Colin. You couldn't, would not know it was makeup. It was the most insane thing I've ever seen. I remember when he first came to set, when I, I, he walked right past me. I had no idea it was him. And then Matt told me it was Colin. And I went, I was like, no, no way, no way. And I went this close to his face. And I still, I kind of didn't believe that. I thought they were like pulling a prank on me or something and normally you can see like there's something which pulls in the makeup yeah no it's it, yeah it, it the movement it was so crazy like, yeah amazing even his eyes look different yeah that's the weird that's what made his me feel eyes uncomfortable color changed color because his eyes look black it's but really, he didn't have no. lenses in but i couldn't strange. see you know like i couldn't see yeah it was weird was it really kind of creeped me out it's <laughs> such a good actor he can change his eye color <laughs> that's the right way <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, give me two minutes. <laughs> um, Zoe, are you a cat person? It's a big question. I know a lot of people who I trust and love that aren't cat people, and it makes me worry about them sometimes. So <laughs> it's complicated. I'm not a cat person. I love dogs, but it, but I'm okay. also, okay. It's, but I identify as a cat. Like cat yes, okay. behavior, I completely understand, and I know that I'm like that as a person. Like I'm very moody. I don't want to be bothered when I don't want to be bothered. I'm hard to read. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm hard to read, you know? And 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 so I, I think cats are really cool because I'm like, I get it. I like that they don't give, they don't give you attention if they don't want to. They don't come when they're called. You can't tell them what to do. Like I love all those qualities. I, I just also love you gave us so much of your personality in just that comparison. And Rob, finally, um, were you happy to get the suit off at the end of it? Or were you like, oh, I, I do one more day. I, mean, I was so in the whole time. I mean, it's kind of, I didn't even realize how how long we'd gone for. I mean, it was, I think it was 156 days or something we've been shooting for. And uh, I, uh, I definitely was quite strange at the end of it. Though. I shaved a snake onto my head. Like a, like a shape in the shape of a snake yeah sounds like you and, shaped this little and I, snake yeah <laughs> <laughs> shaped it and yeah it was very strange afterwards I looked like I looked like a kind of weird egg with a snake on its head <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah that was definitely it, it, <sighs> but yeah but it was it was fun it was kind of we were still doing heavy stuff right right up until the end we, we literally were doing massive there's no such thing as a light day of work on no time, ever so. and then we just, and then at the end of it it's like, over you're like just, i mean i was like... too yeah i barely even knew yeah i was still getting de-rigged when everybody had wrapped oh yeah we were all and i was still stuck i was still like... stuck to all these pipes on the top of a building <laughs> and everybody got, everybody <laughs> was like bye <laughs> even colin's gone with everything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, thank you so much. Like I said, I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it and long may this continue because I can't wait to dive into this world again. But for now, we've got this and it's absolutely perfect. So congratulations. Thank you so thank much. You so much. Cheers. Thank you. Stephen Byrne on 2FM. All right, continuing with the Batman trend on Sunday, we spoke to Andy Circus all about his role as Alfred, the butler in the Batman. Here's what he had to say. Congratulations on this. I mean, as a master of massive franchises at this stage, do you ever get nerves when you step into an iconic character for the oh first time again? hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, totally. I was terrified. But you've done it so many times. <laughs> no, but this is this is the Batman, you know. I yeah. mean, uh, no, I mean, and, and of course, this this everyone has got their favorite Alfred and everyone is, has, has keeps reminding me, you know, of all the great <laughs> that played the role. And so, so, uh, you know, including actually, funny enough, I saw Christopher Nolan just before I was about to do it, and he went, Oh, you've got your work cut out. <laughs> I was like, Thanks, man. You know, because you know, you know, I worked with him on the prestige, and I, and yeah, he literally sort of said, he said that to me, and I thought, Oh, thanks, brother. Anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, look, I knew I was in good hands, that's that's the most yeah. important thing. I knew, you know. Obviously, Matt and I go back, and we'd worked mm -hmm. we worked on on the Apes movies, and yeah. I, knew, I knew he was gonna he was gonna write a great script, and I knew that he was gonna tell a great story. So I was I, I felt you know I knew it would be fresh and, and and a new version of the relationship. From the beginning, do you kind of make those sort of um, decisions yourself in order to to bring him in a different direction, or was that solely in the script that you could really play with? 
it, 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 no, it was very clearly defined in the script. Mm. But of course, you're wor you're working to bring out that you're you, to to enhance it and and to embellish it and to everything that you can add to it to enforce the the, the arguments of of you know of of what the character represents, I suppose. And, and in my case, it was like you know I, I wanted Alfred to be um, precise in the way that he uh, carries himself, and 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 that really reflects his duty to the Wayne dynasty and 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 that side of things was you know it's very important to him he's he's a very ordered structured pre yeah precise man and 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 that reflects in the way he dresses the way he carries himself and um, you know he's been a soldier he's used to hierarchy mm. he's used to deferring to the higher order and 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 that's everything that's being thrown in his face by 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 Bruce and and undercut and rejected and and that that I think was Matt's real stroke of genius in 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 this making a fresh version of this relationship. It's like they're not they're not in tune with each other, fighting an enemy. They're at war with each other, and yeah. you know and 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 that was fertile ground for really interesting exploration. And you're no stranger as well to um, superhero movies. I mean, in the MCU with Venom then as well. And this, is there something different about working on these sort of projects that you love that you don't get with, you know, the, the enormous amount of other sh uh, work you've done over the years? Well, I mean, it's interesting because I, I love, you know, like I love watching naturalistic drama and very mm. small, you know, small stories. But but what but I really love doing being part of is are these big franchises because you get to tell the human story um, through a fairy tale and, and actually say something about the human condition, you know, on a big la landscape and a big canvas that that speaks to millions of people. So it's a, it is a, a real, you know, you it, it, it's a privilege to be able to do that. And to play these these sorts of roles that that um, that mean a lot to people as well, you know, it's kind of it, it, it's interesting. How over the last you know twenty years, really, since Lord of the Rings, which was my first foray into into fantasy or you know other other dimensions and worlds, other than you know the the, the independent scene that I was in before and theatre that I'd worked in before, um, you know, it, it, you realise that that uh, the capacity to to tell a story. An amplified story, you know, is 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 huge in 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 these realms, and and people truly love them, you know, and are affected by them in a big way. And I loved this. Um, I mean, you are a little bit separated from the rest of the cast in in, in some ways, but do you remember the first time you saw Colin and went, huh? <laughs> "What?" I saw Colin. Yeah, I didn't see him ever on set. Uh, okay, he came and knocked on my trailer, and and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've seen the movie and he's phenomenal. Uh, you yeah, know, he's just phenomenal, and it, uh, he's obviously clearly having a great deal of fun. Yeah, absolutely. He, Knowing him, I'm sure he was. Uh, congratulations, dude! Like I said, absolutely love this, and I can't wait to see where it goes. So, job well done. Thank you. Thanks. Stephen Byrne on Two FM. Joining us in studio on Saturday was the one and only Kate Dolan, who's nominated for seven IFTA awards this year. Her movie, You Are Not My Mother, is out in cinemas right now. It is Irish horror at its best. Here's what she had to say all about it. Six nominations at the IFTAs, seven if you include the Rising Star Award as well. Director Kate Dolan has brought us another Irish horror to absolutely fall in love with. 
and she's with us right now. Kate, how's it going? Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I am a massive fighting. horror fan. So once the email came into my inbox being like, do you want to talk to... Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> do I get to see it before anybody else? That's yeah. my first question. For people who aren't aware of the movie, You Are Not My Mother, what is it about? So it's a very North Dublin horror movie uh, set in kind of uh, housing estates in North Dublin. A teenage girl lives with her mother and her grandmother and her mother is kind of suffering from undiagnosed depression. And then one day her mother goes missing and the family fear the worst, but she comes back a day later and um, her behavior becomes increasingly strange. And I was going to say the title probably says <laughs> she's not the same. <laughs> yeah, she comes back a little different. Um, and it's set during Halloween, like the week of Halloween and the finale is on Halloween night. So it's um, it's good crack. Yeah, it is very, very good crack. And like I said, horror is deep, deep love of mine. I, I subscribe to Shudder and everything, which is. Oh, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> When I explain that to people, they're like, what? A horror movie? Netflix? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's really they have a good. great collection. It's really good. And their own stuff is really good yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for you, was horror something that you always loved and something that you knew that when you got into filmmaking, that that was the avenue you were going to take? Yeah, definitely. I like was just one of those really spooky kids who like loved Halloween, loved Stephen King, like Goosebumps, all that kind of stuff, watching horror movies all the time. And then when we were in college, it was funny, they kind of turned us off horror because at the time it was kind of seen as schlocky, I suppose. Because, yep. um, you know, it wasn't as prestige then. Um, so I kind of turned away from it for a while, but I knew it was always going to, it was always going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and this story itself, how did that come about? Um, where were the initial thoughts for it? Where did it start to, I guess, develop into to what it is now? And um, were there points, you know, I guess when you're writing something like that, you're like, is this good? Is it good? Because it is good. <laughs> but how does that sort of work when you're when you're writing? Do you do you really kind of just follow through to the end and go, oh, yeah, I have something here? Um, I don't know if you ever believe you have something good. Um, yeah, it's, uh, the process is all over the place. It's like a horrible roller coaster where like some days you're like, I'm amazing. And then sometimes you're like, I'm the worst writer in the world. Um, but the story, we really came from my love of Irish folklore and the film takes a lot of inspiration from myths like the changeling mm. mythology in Ireland and then some other kind of lesser known things and paganism and witchcraft, all that kind of stuff. So I did a lot of research into the history in Ireland around those uh, those things. And it was, you know, just really interesting. There's just so much there. Like, I feel like there needs to be a whole universe of horror movies in Ireland based around kind of our mythology because it's just so interesting. Well, we've had so many over the last number of years, especially as well. We see the likes of Lee Cronin going up mm. and doing Evil Dead now after he did Hole in the Ground. It's like there's a lot of really good stories to be told here in that world because we created Halloween. Like Halloween Literally. is an Irish holiday. Yeah. Why don't we do more <laughs> horrors? Why? Um, for you as well, I mean... I saw this movie and I went, this must have cost millions <laughs> because it's stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, I, I just you get lost in the screen constantly throughout. And of course, the cast are incredible as well. Um, for you, I guess, how is that? I mean, managing money in Ireland when you're, you're making a movie is always going to be difficult. But then you've got COVID going on as well. Yeah. So basically, the film was made on a scheme uh, put forward by Screen Ireland for people to make their first feature film. So... We had 400,000 euro to make a feature film. 
which sounds like a lot of money. It's not. But it's not when you're making a film. <laughs> it's like incredibly hard to make a film for that. Um, and yeah, then the added bonus of COVID appearing. It was a real labor of love and a struggle. But I think we were just so lucky. The team we had, like all the HODs, like the cinematographer and the you know production designer makeup designer like they were all just like so dedicated to making mm. the film good and they were all really passionate and all the cast as well were really just you know so invested that i think that's the only way we made it and it looks like not like a four hundred thousand dollar movie because everyone just like works so hard you know yeah completely let's talk about the cast because they're absolutely wonderful and there's a nomination in there in the iftas for hazel as well which is incredible um when those nominations came through did you all just text each other and go what is going on yeah i don't know like we weren't really expecting it at all because i think in in general horror movies don't really get a lot of awards love yeah. like they are usually on the outskirts but best film best director best script best actress best cinematographer <laughs> Photographer, best music as well, right? Yes, and yeah. also Rising Star Award. Yeah, I got the Rising Star. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. It's just like when you make a low budget horror movie, the last thing you think is like, you know, we kind of were just making it because we really felt passionate about it as a film. Mm. But then to get all the recognition and like to play at Dublin Film Festival and I was I, I won the Discovery Award there as well. And like it just, you know, you're kind of I find really hard to see if the film is good or bad. Yeah. Because, you know, you can't Have you see read the, the reviews? Because <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Yeah, but I think as a filmmaker, you never concede the film as everyone else sees it. So it's just nice to see those things because you pe- you're like, okay, mm-hmm. it's actually, no, some people do like it. So. Well, further afield as well, because you went to yeah. TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival. So yeah. what was that experience like? Because that was also during COVID as well. So I'm sure it was very different in that regard. But also, you got to get away. <laughs> yeah, no, that was my literally my first time outside Ireland in like yeah. two years. And what, like a trip. It was amazing. Like Toronto is amazing in general, but the festival, we were playing in the Midnight Madness section, which when I was like a film student, I would always be looking to the Midnight Madness sections of like Sundance and Toronto to see the next big horror movies that I want to see. So to be included in that lineup, I was just like, this is a dream. Like this is like exactly what we wanted for it, you know? So that was just amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Incredible. Um, Obviously, uh, like I said, the awards are there. The Rising Star Award though came through this week and that must have been pretty special, especially when you're, you know, listed along the sides of people like Dan Cleary, Oscar winner and, and people like that. What was that like when that came through? Because it was just obviously extra an extra bonus, I guess. Yeah, I think, you know, I was so delighted with everything we had got anyway. And then I got a call from Gar, who's the head of IFTA, and he was basically like, oh, you, you're up for the rising star. And I just, yeah, it's just, it's kind of overwhelming. You know, <laughs> to think you're like, wow, this is just so mad, but brilliant, yeah. When it comes to horror as well, I mean, people can go for cheap jump scares. You don't. But also at the same time, there are some really good jump scares in there as well. (laughs) Maneuvering that as a director, how do you really make sure that's right? Because as I can see, you are a horror movie fan, but there's such a science to that. So on set, how how meticulous do you have to get with those sort of things? Well, yeah, with the like, if you're creating a scare or something like that, you have to be very prepped. Like you can't kind of do it you know, figure it out on set kind of thing. So we shot, actually, I shot with my girlfriend in lockdown, like her being scary things and yeah. like doing the shots as I had them on my shot list and then sending them Is to- she a normally scary person? Yes, very. Okay. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, so then the editor took those and then he edited them together with like music and sound and we kind of saw what was working or like what didn't work and how the timing should be. So yeah, it's very, you kind of have to have everything 
mapped out very clearly yeah, to, to see dance. to make sure it'll work really you know and when you saw the film for the first time not just it on, on the big screen in Diff and, and all that and in, in Tiff and, and all that when you saw it for the first time finished locked how did that feel because as a debut feature it's a it's a big achievement even just to get that far to get that funding was there a great sense of oh my god wow um, this is exactly what I wanted it to be because it's brilliant um yeah I think like it's just to see a film finished like you know as a kid I was such that's a what I was I yeah. was going at well what would your younger self think yeah exactly <laughs> no I think of her all the time like little tiny cake because like she just like loved horror movies anything scary loved films like just like watching films all the time and I think if like little eight-year-old Kate saw me having a film finished and in the cinemas in Ireland she would be very proud. So I feel I've done her proud. Which is Amen. Good. All right. <laughs> um, everyone go see it now. It's out in cinemas across Ireland. So um, uh, go and see it. It's called You Are Not My Mother. It is so, so good. Um, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy that. And I wouldn't just say that out of anywhere. I love my horror movies. And I just think you did such a great job with this. What's next? That's the big question. That's a million dollar question. <laughs> um, is it a million dollars? Is that what it is? <laughs> I hope so. Um <laughs> No, I, I mean, with the, when you're a filmmaker, you kind of have many pots on the boil all the yeah. time. So I do have two other horror projects that I've written, which are feature films. Um, so one of them could go next to shoot, possibly. But I just don't know what when yeah. that will happen or when it will be. But I definitely like love horror and I'm going to be in that space for a while anyway. So <laughs> Music to my ears. I love it. <laughs> all right. We're going to do a little bit of a horror movie quiz if you're up for it. OK, I'm like... <laughs> If I get anything wrong, I'm blaming it on the fact I had COVID two weeks ago. I'm like, that's, my brain isn't working properly. Well, at least we know you're safe. What's your favorite scary movie? All right, here we go. <laughs> I love this. Name the killer in Halloween. Michael Myers. Hey man, well done, you yeah, got it yeah. right. What weapon does Leatherface prefer? A chainsaw. That is correct. Yeah. What classic horror film stars a serial killer dressed as William Shatner? That's Halloween. It is yeah. Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She knows her stuff. <laughs> Name the killer in Friday the 13th. Okay. The original movie. So it's Mrs. Voorhees. Yes! So it's not she, Jason yeah. Voorhees, it's Mrs. Voorhees. Oh, she, she watches Scream as well. That's like, she knows her ghost, ghost face questions. <laughs> and finally... What movie should people go and see in cinemas this weekend? You Are Not My Mother. That is 100% <laughs> correct, Kate. Thank you so thank much for having a chat with us. Thanks a million. Out in cinemas this weekend, like I said, horror at its best and coming out of this country, which is such a good thing. Good luck at the IFTAs. Thank you. I hope you bring Thanks them all so home. I, I mean, Belfast might take a few, but we'll try our best. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. RTE. All right, on Sunday, we spoke to Mo Dumford all about his role in the brand new Netflix film, Night Ride. As well as that, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which hit Netflix a couple of weeks back as well. He joined us in studio. Here's what he had to say. And Mo is here to talk to us all about it. How's it going? Great, Stephen. Great to see you. Man. Yeah, well, I mean, it has been a few weeks of you on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, with Texas. <laughs> with yeah. Texas and yeah, then this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, when projects are coming out, you do have that sort of hype up to them and all that sort of stuff. But how's the last few weeks been for you? Have you just been like, what do I focus on? What do I concentrate it's been fun, on? You know, I was over in Spain on holidays with my, my son and uh, we saw Texas together on the night it came out. And uh, yeah, he was funny. He's, you know, 
not everybody survives in yeah. that movie, you know. Like, Dad, it doesn't look like you're getting up from that one. Um, it's a brave one to show your son something like that. We don't give anything away about it for better people are going to watch it, but you get hurt in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had fun as well playing that, that, that role, you know, old Texan. Because I'm not really one for Americans coming over doing Irish yeah. and getting it wrong. And I didn't want to do that for this. But um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. The accent was... Admirable. It was very right. good. <laughs> it was. It was. I thought you nailed it. Right. Yeah. I thought you absolutely nailed it. Is that something you'd really had to work on, or were you? Oh, a little bit. I, I've been a fan of the the original since my brother introduced yeah. me. I was sixteen years old, and you know, I, I quickly saw that the horror fans are just devout, you know. And there's been nine sequels, and weirdly, in a pandemic, you're doing the number ten. Yeah, which is well, also number two, kind of. Which as well. is number two. <laughs> And if anyone sees the original number two, that is a trip as well in itself. Jeez. But uh, yeah, just the, the, the randomness of it all and uh, working with that company and All One For Wear being over. Yeah, that was incredible. To see two Irish actors in there was yeah. was wonderful. And I think actually when it was announced that you were in it, I, I think I messaged you on Instagram. I went, oh my God. You were very sweet. You were so, so sweet. You were so sweet. I just love my horror movie. So uh, yeah, that's where that was at um, uh, in that regard. How has the last two years been for you in terms of everything? Because it seems like it's been pretty good. Well, like everybody, going through the first lockdown and going through the rules that everybody had and getting the uh, the random sort of opportunity to go over there. and That lasted two, two and a half months, coming back, lockdown, after lockdown. And uh, just work and trying to strive to find people to work with. And mm. Ben Conway is an old friend. I met him in four or five years ago in Ivy Fitness in town, you know, and yeah. we'd never met each other. And I, I'd heard he was a great writer and somehow got um, got three of his scripts. And I met him one day in the gym and he goes, hey, I'm Ben. I said, I'm Mo and I read three of your scripts. And he said, nobody's read my scripts. How did you read them? <laughs> yeah, he's mm. an absolute legend. He's become great friends with me. I love him. Um, but just, again, the, the spontaneity of... of Meeting someone and having a conversation, trying to stay creative in a time where everyone's mm. trying to encourage you not to. And um, Night Ride came about that way. And Stephen Fingleton came on board and it was just a, a dream team. Because you know? I, I remember you put out a tweet, I think it was about, was it two years ago where you said, I'm looking for scripts, I'm looking for, for projects. Yes. I want to produce, I want to I wanna even direct as well projects. Yes. Was that something that you were very kind of around that time going... I really want to move into that side as well. Um, but that was something from really came about by seeing the the big budget on Texas. Really, and also being quite uh, proud and appreciative of the Irish crews that I've had, and kind of going, you know what, we when we get it, we get it. Oh, we get it. And all we need is sort of some sort of uh, collaboration, you mm. know. So I, yeah, I was part of the producing team in a few shorts and. Uh, Partly on night ride, but no heavy lifting. That was done by. You've got an exec credit. Yeah, well, that was done. That was done. the heavy lifting. He's a great laugh, this brother. That was done by um, Paul Kennedy and John Silk. But you know, when yeah. I know a couple of people in Ireland now, when festivals come in handy, I can. Uh, I message the programmer Tanya Notero from yeah. um, Diff, and I think I had five hours deadline. And we sent in Night Ride and it got in and it's screening there tomorrow. So little things like that are coming hand. I absolutely loved it. I did. Oh. It was it was brilliant. And it's I mean, most of it is you. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the biggest compliment to you in that Thank regard. Thank you so much, mate. Um, it means a lot. I mean, when you heard it and, and heard the concept of it, the you know, one take theoretically in that sense, and then also that it's you in a car for the 
good chunk of it as well in what is essentially monologues and also that conversation going back and forth on the phone. So was that something you were like, how will we do that? How do we maintain this? How, what, what elements do I have to bring to my performance to keep the audience there? Stephen sent it to me in the last week of Texas. Okay. Uh, so I was already looking for another job. And it's so rare for a director to send an actor these days and say, which part do you want? Okay. So Bojo's just written as a 25 year old. I'm nearly 10 years older now. And I said, man, that part is great. Please, can I play him? You know, I'm mid thirties now. And he said, great. Yeah, it's yours. And then he said, oh, and Ben Conway wrote it. I said, oh, of course he did. That's what he was hiding from me in Ivy all these years. Um, and trusting Stephen, because I was a huge fan of The Survivalist. Yeah. And it's screening in the same screen I saw The Survivalist in. It's screening tomorrow in, in Lighthouse. And um, just the trust in the team, because it wasn't like your normal sort of film shoot where you, you hit your mark, you have a wide you have your close-up it's 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 like a play and everyone's involved mm. i mean how much did you do in one take when it happened to it and then also with the car sequences as well, well. we shot every night at one take really every night would start at um, we'd meet at half eight we'd start filming at half nine and we'd meet back at midnight for six nights we shot six different movies wow and uh, we were going to go back to one of the locations but we were we were told that we weren't welcome back because things were getting quite heated at the time it was mm. a week before the the riots and that all sort of uh, permeated into the into the filming. It got quite intense, you know. Um, happy accidents happen where yeah. you get pulled over by a, a police officer here or, or George Jordan, Jared Jordan. He gets pulled over in, in the movie as well. Yeah. So little things that you you didn't expect happening made it into the film. That was I actually. Think, that, I think they make. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Real. Wow. That was real. <laughs> Yeah, that was real, yeah. And Stephen is like the sort of director. He really excites me. Yeah. You know, I know you're a big film buff. I am too, and reading uh, movie magazines or online articles about uh, French Connection or, or um, movies in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Did they really do it like that? Stephen is one of those old school directors, and he's visionary because Ben's script is amazing and Manny Michael Mann influences and references, but... Mm-hmm. Stephen can elevate it in a way that's not so obvious to me there and then, you know. Ain't that good of a driver? Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was multitasking to the extreme. Did well, you- Stephen's direction was, uh, say your lines, don't forget them. Drive the car, don't crash it. <laughs> and that was pertinent. Don't crash the car. So it didn't crash it, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> you probably don't have any time to be watching shows, but obviously brand new series of, of Vikings out. Are you going to be watching? Absolutely. How, how does that feel, seeing you know that story move on in a new direction? And Cool. Yeah. Um, I have a great friend in it, Pollyanna McIntosh. She comes in in like episode five or six playing a Danish queen. She's amazing. Fans will know her from The Walking Dead. She's so versatile. Um, and I heard whispers of it when I was on the show years ago. Yeah. Um, that Jeb Stewart was going to be writing. You know, one of my favourite movies is, is The Fugitive. You yeah. Know, and he wrote Die Hard. And he gave a set visit when I was in season two. And you were like, hmm. Well, I was quite a geek. You know, Morgan O'Sullivan introduced <laughs> me to him. And I said, Jeb Stewart, the guy who wrote the unused script of Indiana Jones 4 and the Saucer Man, whatever. And he's like, I'll see you, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so I'm interested in seeing the difference in style. Everybody, like I said, log on to your Netflix right now and you will be spoiled with this man. Night Ride and Texas Chainsaw Massacre right out now. So thank you so much, dude. You're a gent. I've enjoyed all your podcasts and interviews. You really care. You love what you do. It's amazing to see. Thanks, mate. The Sound of the Nation. Stephen Byrne on 2FM.